0: I'd like to talk about Miriam I'd like to talk about Miriam and try to get a picture of what exactly was going on in this parish when she spoke about Moshe Rabbein. she and Aaron together apparently but she took the lead she spoke about, um, about her brother Moshe who was at that time the leader of the, the people, without a, without a doubt. And the Torah doesn't clarify what it was that she said about it. What was the Lashon Hara, exactly. But it was pretty bad, as we see. But before we get to the Lashon Hara, I just want to remind you of a couple of points. The first uh, text is uh, Shmot, very bad, the beginning of a man, the house of Levi, took a, a girl from the house of uh, who was a daughter of Levi. Rashi says, Rashi says, "Vaykafet b'at Levi Paro." said, "We're going to kill all the firstborn." boys, so the defense that B'nai Yisrael, that some of the people of Israel uh, thought was reasonable was that they shouldn't have any children. So he separated himself from her, from his wife. Uh, <clears throat> and then he took her again as his wife. That's ish mi levi levi This is Moshe Rabbeinu's father remarrying his mother. But they had been married previously. Vizel v'yelech, sh'alach b'atzat bito. So Rashi says that the instigator here was Miriam. She instigated or she convinced them that they should get remarried. She'emra she said, michel paro. Your position is even more severe Uh, more dangerous to the Jewish people than the position of Paro Ezra Paro said let's kill all of the male children but you said let's not have any children at all male and or female and he took her back as his wife is a the Mishnah's word for marriage, right? Ki'ikach, the Torah says ki'ikach shisha. That verb is the verb that is that is used. So, um, And so Rashi adds that it must have been a miraculous aspect to it because she was like a, a young girl. You know, she was able to have, have children, uh, Ubat me Ashlo Shim Shana Ita Shenolda Bevo Ale Mitzrayim Vein and she was 130 uh, years old when she came to Mitzrayim. At that time, Es Shana Nishtahu Shav and they were in Mitzrayim. Reish Dalid Vav. Right, remember, 210 years. Ukshayetz U Ayem Moshe Ben Shmuel Nimshana. When they left Mitzrayim, Moshe Abena was 80 years old in Kain she knitabra menu when she became pregnant me v'karei levi even though she was 130 years old which is quite remarkable she's nevertheless called the daughter of levi because she had this some youthfulness to her she was uh she was a miracle she was extraordinary right even though i suppose in another hundred years this will be normal like you know nothing everything will be replacement parts and so uh, okay so that's so you see that according to rashi according to rashi Miriam, even before she was known as a special person was already a special person she organized her parents to have a child Whose name was was Moshe? That was the beginning of Jewish history, but right? it all started from Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu. <coughs> so then, in, uh, in Pasuk Bet, again, is the story of Moshe himself. V'tahara Yisha bein she became pregnant, had a son. V'teira oto she looked upon him, and she saw that he was tov. But it's has been and she hid him for three months. So Rashi says <coughs> Rashi is right. I mean, how can you look at a New York newborn baby and determine I mean, they're all pretty much. Well, I don't mean it's to say that. But if lulaydim is the Fin I would say they're all pretty much the same. But. I know that some people would find that disrespectful, uh, so I won't say it. But when he was born, Moshe Ben was born, the, the house lit up. So it was hard not to notice that something was going on, something special was going on. Pasuk Gimel says, She couldn't hide him anymore. But She made this little uh, ark, and she, you know, she uh, put in uh, pitch and uh, and dirt and somehow managed to, uh, uh, you know, to make it waterproof. She made it waterproof and uh, and so that was good. Rashi says. Uh, because Rashi explains that, you know, how come, how come uh, she was able to hide him? How come people didn't know who she, uh, that she had this baby? So the answer was that, you know, she was prematurely born. And they sort of were keeping track of, of pregnant women and she was uh, okay you know so she managed three months and then they came looking for him then they came uh, looking for him and that's that's the story so from this story of the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu we're looking for Miriam right we're looking for Miriam Rashi is quite clear that already before Moshe Rabbeinu was born and before the exodus for Am Yisrael became a a real factor in uh, in the things that were going on. Miriam was already uh, conscious of the future, about how children had to be born, how we couldn't allow the Egyptians to stop the march of uh, Jewish history. And she convinced her parents, who in the Rashi's telling (coughs) of the story, were pretty much passive about about this. and, And they needed her to come up with a svera, with some kind of way of thinking about things that uh, would, enable, would enable them to have another child. And even though the child that was born, I mean, this is what Rashi kind of tells you, the child that was born was in great danger because it was after all a male child. <coughs> and not as Miriam said, Miriam sort of implied, it might be a, a girl, so uh, why not have a girl child? because the Egyptians you know, were not interested in, uh, in that. So, but it was a boy child. And nevertheless, the story is, the story is that the house was filled with light. The house was filled with light means to me that even though, even though there was a tragedy uh, like that might actually take place, there might be some tragedy, nevertheless, they knew it was the right thing that they had done a good thing and not a bad thing because the house filled up with, with life. So here you have, at this point in history, uh, Miriam has a very important job. We don't know what drove her to this, how she became this kind of person, how it was that she was able to redirect the energy of her parents into this dangerous, this dangerous path, but she did it. The second source, the second source is a very important one. And it comes after Shirat HaYam. Remember the Jews have left Mitzrayim, HaMakot, uh, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and the people praise <coughs> praise God for saving them at Yam Suf. After Moshe Rabbeinu and all the men are finished singing the praises of God, the Pasuk says, V'atikach Miriam HaNeviyah. So, okay, it is true that there was separate seating in those days, right? That the men were here and the women were there. But I think that it is certainly uh, noteworthy. It is noteworthy that this happened. And it's even more noteworthy that the Torah tells us that this happened. Because if it was just... Uh, uh, like, uh, like, you know, like a pale imitation of what the men were doing, then why, why would it be recorded? I mean, what is, the, what is the point? So I would assume that it's recorded because it's significant. Because uh, the women, uh, the, the religious inclination of the women said, we can't be left out of this. Which didn't mean that they wanted to be mixed together with the men. They just wanted to do the right thing to do, which was to thank God. And to thank God in the manner that Moshe Rabbeinu had determined. Right? Once, once there's a, you know, they say in Hebrew a raf, when you have this kind of a standard, when a standard is declared, the people live according to a state, you can't backtrack. You can't give less. You have to do at least the same amount. That that's what Miriam did. But let's look at the Rashi first. Miriam <clears throat> She's called here also the prophetess, which at least the, the, the way we think about it is an important, I mean, when did this happen? When did you become a prophetess? I mean, what is it that makes you a prophetess? I mean, we assume Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Yosef, they spoke with God. right? So you don't have to emphasize the prophetic nature of their being. But Miriam, when did she become a prophetess? I mean, she didn't exactly know what was going to happen when her parents had a child. So Rashi says, hey, So where, how did she get this title? Where did she prophesy? Achot aharon. When she was the sister of Aaron, Kodim shenolad Moshe when she was, the only appellation that you could give her was Aaron's sister, because Moshe Rabbeinu had not yet been born. So Aaron's sister Kodem uh, shenolad Moshe Amru, Amras Atida Imi Sheteleit Ben Vechulei Kidita Vesota. The Gemara and Sota said that she prophesied the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu and that was what made her into a Nevi'ah and that's what the Gemara says alternatively Rashi gives another interpretation why she called achot Aharon because later on in this story in the, our parasha when she's punished for speaking about Moshe Rabbeinu, she's punished with sarah, which means something. We'll say leprosy, even though I don't know what sarat is and I don't know what leprosy is. So that's always good. You know, it's always good to, uh, you know, to just go straight ahead, you know. Ignorance is of no consequence. So, <coughs> so when she had, she was punished by leprosy, our own. Begged Moshe Rabbeinu to pray on her behalf, to sort of reduce the punishment. Right? That's what. That's what. Uh, uh, that's what he. That's what he did. So the Davar Achota Achotah Aron the Fish Basar Nafshot Aleha Kodesh Itztarah Mikraal Shemo. That since he Aaron, the Rashi's the language of Rashi's Mosar Nafshot, he was willing to give up. Him say he was willing to give himself up. For the benefit of of uh, Miriam, so Miriam is forever called Achot Aharon. I mean, it's in the pasuk Miriam Adaviyah Achot Aharon. So you see, she said, "What they said, call and Tupim Uvim Cholot." Right. So Tupim and the Cholot. You know, I guess you could go to some museum and you could see what ancient Tupim looked like. The a little harder to uh, to define.
1: Can I just ask something about the Rashi? What? Can I just ask about the Rashi? Because he says Dava Achet, and he seems to be doing two different things. In the first one, he's explaining why she's Nerum and Nevi'ah. And in the second one, it's explaining why she's (laughs) Haron, but not why she's. Actually, they both explain Achotaharon in two different Mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. She became a -a 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 Nevi'ah.
0: Yeah, okay. It was davar is a topic in Rashi. Davar is a topic in Rashi. Why should Rashi give two interpretations? Right, so generally in school, when you learn Rashi, they say, well, Rashi didn't like interpretation one 100%, so he gave you interpretation number two. And he didn't like interpretation two 100%, so he gave you interpretation number one. I mean, I'm sure somebody must have heard this kind of reasoning, right? I don't think that that's the case. I think that Rashi is very happy with either. Rashi likes both interpretations. It's just that he feels as an educator, right, as a teacher, not an educator, but he's a teacher. And he's teaching us important things that the pasuk is saying, right? And in order to do that, he has to quote two statements in Chazal. For Rashi, the issue is never what's true. That if it's in Chazal, it's true. The question is, what do we have to know, right? If you're, just, if you're not able to read all of the chazal information every time you see a pasuk, so what do you have to know? What do you have to know? So in this case, Rashi said, <coughs> Rashi said, she's a she, she It's important to know that, where the prophecy was. And it's also important to know why she's called achot haharon and not achot Moshe. Right? Okay, so let's go on. So we see that Miriam so far that Miriam was uh, a woman of significance. And she says, Miriam Shiri go almost exactly word for word, what Moshe Rabbeinu what Moshe Rabbeinu said, and that's perfectly that's perfectly reasonable. Adderabba, it's kind of um, um, it's it's elevating. It it puts Miriam really on a par with Moshe Rabbeinu. In terms of the tevilah, we don't know where these words came from. We don't know who invented them, so to speak. But, you know, I mean, who knows? It could have been Miriam who invented them. So now, with that background about Miriam, we, we go to the story in our parasha. The story in our parasha is about, we say it's about Lashon Haram. But let's look, look again. You see the, the next source. What me'yam v'a'aron. Bim Moshe, Isha Kushit, Isha Kushit lakak. So we don't know exactly what it was that they said about Moshe Rabbeinu. We only know that it has something to do with the Isha Kushit. We're explained that Isha is his wife, the wife of Moshe Rabbeinu, and Kushit because she was either very beautiful or very black or black and beautiful, right? One of those. What are those uh, possibilities? Okay, before we 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 just think about it. Let's look at this uh, at this Rashi. Vatidaber, kasha. The the root that you know that there are that there are several verbs in Hebrew that can be used to say he said or she said. So one of them is vatidaber. Another one is vayomer, of course, right? Amar. Amar So Raji says, That when the Torah says Dalit it introduces a more difficult kind of statement, Kashet, right? A, a, a harsh, a harsh statement. Right? This is a uh, so again, daber somehow comes with kashe. But the word amira is used when you kind of are beseeching beseeching God in some way. So Rashi, Rashi gives one of these kinds of Rashi introductions that this is going to be a difficult, a kind of a difficult statement that is made. But let's go on. Why do you say Miriam the Aaron? You should say Aaron, the Miriam. But she started. Therefore her name is mentioned first. Miriam. So Rashi here is really, uh, he can't believe it. I mean, how did Miriam know what what what's going on in Moshe Rabbeinu's house? So we learn this is what Rashi thinks that that that, uh, that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, separated himself from his wife and nothing to do with her. Rabbi Nathan Omer Miriam Aita Betzadsi Porah Bishat Bishashe le Moshe, El Dadu Meidad The previous, the previous story about El Dadu Meidad. They had prophecy. They were acting. They were kind of acting against against Moshe Rabbeinu. So, where was Miriam? She was standing next to Tzipora, who was Moshe Rabbeinu's wife. And so Tzipora said, Amra." When she heard that Eldad Meidad. Well, like uh im, that they were they became prophets. Amra, she said, Zippora, oil in the shall elu im hem nis <coughs> kaki nenevua sheiyu porshim in the shotei hem keder shaparashbar li So there's Zippora. You know, she's a straight man for the story. She stands there and she hears what Eldad and Medad says. Oh, you know. Uh, you could be, you could have a, uh, be compassionate about it. their wives, because you know, he, they will leave their wives just like my husband left me. That's her complaint. That's so how Miriam found out, and she spoke to Aaron. Right. Miriam did not intend to insult him. Uh, this is uh, uh, certainly true for a person who says Lashon hara, like who just wants to say Lashon So the question, of course, is <coughs> what did she do wrong? What did, what did Miriam do wrong? I mean, I mean, after all, we learned in the Gemara this morning Right, we're learning about this morning that there's a chiyuv midoraita of tochacha. If you see that somebody's doing something wrong, you have to say, hey, are you. I mean, maybe he doesn't know, maybe he's making a mistake, Somebody, somebody's halal shabbat, somebody does something wrong. You know, everything is mean? so complicated today. You can try hard to figure out what it is you can do, what you can't do, you have to tell it. You have to say, listen, this you, this you can't do, this you can't do. You know, you say, oh, you put the ladle back into the shalt while it was still cool like, from being outside the shalt. Oh, who could think of such a thing, you know? I mean, so, <coughs> so you have to tell him. That's called Lashon Hara. So if Moshe Rabbeinu was doing something wrong, so it says in the Gemara that we learned this morning, it said that Eli, Eli, the Kohen Gadot, when Hanat came, to cry because she had no children, so he thought she was drunk. He thought she was drunk because her lips were moving, but she she didn't say anything, he didn't hear a sound. So she he didn't think she was davening. He thought she was like off a rocker. So it says, he said to her, lover tish takherin, why are you drunk?" And so the Gemara says, from that you learn that you can't be drunk, that you can't be drunk when you're going to daven. Right, because Ali said, I mean that's what Ali said. said. "How come you're drunk? How come you are drunk?" So the Gemara quotes a Yushalmi, and the Yushalmi says the Yushalmi says that if you eat a meal, if you eat a meal, and you uh, are you drunk, are you drunk during the meal, do you say Birkat Hamazon or not? So the Yushalmi says you do. Because the Pasuk says v'chalta v'savata u What does v'savata mean? According to the Gemara, v'savata includes anything you might eat or drink at a meal. So this answers the question about Purim. Like people usually eat the Sudat Purim in the afternoon. And they usually drink too much whatever they're drinking in that suuda. So that means that by the time you get to Birkat Amazon, you may not be compass <laughs> So, okay, but why would that be allowed? You should make some kind of accommodation, like eat the meal fast, and then you go at your bench, and then you go get drunk. Why do you have to get drunk in a way that would prevent you from Birkat Amazon? So... Uh, so the Yushami says, "Well, okay, doesn't matter. You can say brakatamazon, you okay, can say brakatamazon anyway." So the the Toswad makes a distinction. He says, "Tochacha, <coughs> when I go and I tell you you're doing something wrong, that's generally about a doraita, some obligation that you have right. But this idea of not uh, of not getting drunk when you're davening, that's just a kind of a good advice. Good advice, Nikamara gives based on that Yerushalmi that says that you're allowed to save your Katamazon. <coughs> so, in this case, in our case, when, when, uh, when uh, 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 Miriam perceived that the family life of Moshe Rabbeinu was not as it should be, and she didn't perceive it like a movie, she heard it, according to Rashi, from Mrs. Moshe Rabbeinu. So somebody comes and complains to you and says my life is terrible so you believe them I mean why not believe them I mean that's perfectly reasonable. so why would she be faulted for speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu about that that's not called Lashon Hara no one second Lashon Hara is when I tell a story for the sake of telling a story Tokakai is when I try to fix something Right so so it says here in the Pasuk, vai tad be Moshe Moshe Elo dot Isaacu Sheit Asher Kakhi Sheit va Moshe right she spoke to Moshe Rabenu about the situation so what's so terrible about that not only that not only that it says pasuk bet vai yom ru Moshe di be yeshem banu so Moshe Rabbeinu didn't respond to that. But they stood there and they said, Oh, well, what makes you think that you know better than we do about human relations? Right? Do you ever hear that kind of talk? Right? Most people talk like that. <laughs> so Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say anything. Says, so, so, so Miriam and Aaron say we were also at Har Sinai and we also received the Torah and we also have a little bit of insight into family life and we think that having reviewed the story of Abraham and Yitzhak and Yaakov and Yosef that family life is important right? it makes it's reasonable and therefore we have no way of defending you but where's the Lashon Haran? Now look which I think is a footnote to the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't respond. He didn't say anything to them. He didn't want to embarrass them. He didn't want to insult them. Moshe Rabbeinu anav You know, anava, humility, is the primary religious uh, 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 act. It's the, it, it makes you a religious person. Because what humility is, is the view of a hierarchy. Like what's the most important thing, what's less important, what's less important. Right, so a lack of humility. A lack of humility means the place I'm sitting is very important, Uh, uh, the food I'm eating is very important, Uh, the way people treat me is very important. That's, That's a lack of humility. Humility is that the only thing that's important to me is my relationship to God. So if my relationship to God is the only thing that's important to me, say, what difference does it make where I sit in shul? Or whether I'm the president or not the president, whether I get an aliyah or I don't get an aliyah, all the way that shuls are organized in order to appeal to my uh, base instincts. You know, like uh, uh, shuls are, are, are built around the cover principle. I mean, there are all kinds of covert, but the, all the shuls work to give out covert at a kind of a equitable, and there's always somebody who's the boss of cover, Right, there's the the person in charge of covert, who always starts out as being an impartial covot disseminator, but after a while, ends up as being very partial. So Moshe Rabbeinu was anagma'ot, and he said, he said, take a carriage it's a footnote in the in the story because was saying to miriam and aaron <coughs> don't mistake the fact that moshe Rabbeinu is not responding to thinking that there's something that you know that he doesn't know and then the passage continues and it says basuk dalit bayom shepitom El moshe vel aaron vel miriam tushla shtakhot almo ave tushla shtam so pitom means suddenly pitom you look at the Rashi pitom you see the third wide line Nigle alehem pitom God appeared to all three of them suddenly vehem to mehim their but they were they were not clean they were not prepared they were not prepared for this encounter with God and they started screaming give us some water so we can Purify us, so that the Hodiim, sheyafeh asam Moshe, sheparash min haisha me'achasheniglate alav shchina tadir ve'ein eid kivua le'dibur. So you could see that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have any problem with this piton. Rabbi Moshe Rabbeinu was used to the sudden appearance of God. But it was like the first step in the re-education of Miriam and Aaron. Miriam and Aaron said, well, we're also prophets. We're also like that." They said, but you're not like Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is the place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu distinguishes prophecy. Like a third of the book of the Moran Nebuchim is based on this principle, that there are prophets and there are prophets. There's Moshe Rabbeinu and there's everybody else. Everybody else can also be divided into subcategories, but Moshe Rabbein stands alone, right, as a a prophet. And it says it right here. Right, says it right here. So they're the ones who were affected by this. Miriam and I are the pitom, they're not used to this. They're not, this is not what they regularly experience. So they're now getting basic education. Prophecy 1.1. 1. 1. It said, yes, you were all at Har Sinai. You all received the Torah or some of the Torah. You all had a special, this special event. Yes, you are a prophetess, uh, uh, Miriam. You prophesied the birth of the Moshe Rabbeinu. You're the one who led the Jews in, 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 in the women, with the tofa and the mecholot, and, and you're special, but you're not Moshe Rabbeinu. You're not Moshe Rabbeinu. So, so if HaKodesh was saying this to Miriam, if saying to Miriam, so obviously Miriam didn't know this. In, 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 other, in other words, let's say, let's say Miriam, I mean, she did something wrong. And now, who is telling her, teaching her, showing her, and Aaron, I mean, always Aaron, but she's the one who's going to get the brunt there <coughs> So, Baruch Hu is teaching her and saying, Look, you did something wrong. So, Miriam said, Oh, I did something wrong. And now I know. Now I know it's wrong. Before, I didn't know it was wrong. Isn't that what's, what's happening here? Right? He goes on talking about Moshe Rabbein, Pasukhet, pe'l pe', mouth to mouth, Moshe. Moshe is special. There's no other prophet like him. There's no other you should have known that in a general way. Right? You might not have known the specifics of the relationship of Akkodich Bakr to Moshe Rabbeinu But generally you should have known that Moshe Rabbeinu is not like you. He's not like all of the other uh, uh, prophets, but Tet right that's the end of the class the end of the of 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 the conversation so we so miriam (coughs) miriam was severely punished now you remember that the other person in the early stories of the Torah who was punished with tzorahs was Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, right? You remember that, that one of the signs that Moshe Rabbeinu received, that he was gonna take to Para was to put his hand inside of his cloak, he took it out, and it was mitzorah, mitzorah keshelech. It was like, like, uh, like snow, his hand turned into snow. And, the, and, the, <coughs> and Rashi said that this is a punishment for the for the fact that uh, Moshe Bain will speak in the future disparagingly about B'nai Yisrael and therefore he deserved this punishment but the punishment of Miriam was much more severe much more severe Moshe uh, Mitzorat Adoni. Alna tashet alenu chatacha no alnu shechatanu. Moshe Aaron turned to Moshe Av and asked for forgiveness. Pasuk Yudbet alna the hekamet Hashem v'tzayto me rechem imo v'yechel chasib b'sarole. It's not Moshe Hashem anymore. Elna refo no lo, elna lo. So Moshe Av obviously Aaron thought. That that Miriam was being severely punished, and he easily convinced Moshe Rabbeinu apparently to take up the case, and to sp- turn to God, <coughs> and to ask, and ask for divine, and ask for divine mercy. So what was the Hava meaning, as they say? I mean, if everybody agrees that that she did the wrong thing, but she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't understand what was happening. I mean, if she didn't understand it, nobody understood it. I mean, who else was there around who could understand who Moshe Rabbeinu was exactly? Not the people of Bilom and not the people of Korach and not the people who complained. I mean, none of those people understood who Moshe Rabbeinu was. What, what, what was it that, that, uh, that we extracted such a severe price from Miriam for trying to do a good thing? trying to go, do a good thing, trying to straighten out family life, certainly <coughs> trying to alleviate the pain of Tzipora. She certainly, according to Rashi, was in pain. So so how bad could it have been? How bad could it have been that she deserved this terrible punishment? Okay, there's a, a lot more to have to say, but I would like to... Um, to live, to learn the Asvah But before we do that, uh, you see on page two, page two after the Rashi, there's a, there are a couple of psukim, but there's a positive Dvorim perikav talit. You see that? Zachor, d'asher asah Hashem lechechlam yeriam, b'derekh b'tzait chemim b'tzaim. Now that word, Zachor. That word, Zachor, is a word in the Torah that presents us generally with a particular obligation. Even though in this case it doesn't, but you know that the word Zachor is used for remembering ha-malek, for example, which is, which is clearly a, a, a mitzvah. Zachor lotishkach. You have to remember every year, etc. But even this mitzvah of Zachor dasher salacha asa alakech le miriam has crept its way into many sidurim. Right? A lot of sidurim they have the, the six zachors that exist in the Torah, which, you know, if you have the time, you can read them after, after shacharit. So what was so important, again I say, what could have been so important about the fact that Miriam tried unsuccessfully, yes... Un, uh, uh, with uh, lacking the ability to really analyze the situation. But we all know that there's only one Moshe Rabbeinu. And it's, it's never going to be repeated so that the problem will never come up again and the problem doesn't come up again. So what is it we're trying to remember? What are we trying to remember? I mean, in order to remember Amalek, in order to remember the Amalekites, guys, you've got to conjure up every year, every, all the time we have to think to ourselves, who's the Amolek around today? You know, and then rabbanim will give darshane, darshanut and try to kind of make everything into everything we do into a battle with Amalek. But Miriam, I mean, what is Miriam? What am I supposed to remember? Am I supposed to remember the fact that she didn't know what was going on? Was it the like, fact that she naively tried to do somebody a favor but messed up? Well, remember the fact that? Uh, she was severely punished, and this is not even lashon hara. This is hocher tochiach. This is a, 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 not a case of lashon hara technically, because lashon hara is when you tell a story about a purpose for a person for no particular purpose. But if you are a witness in a criminal case and you say Reuven killed Shimon, so of course it's mutter. I mean, it's not lashon hara to say that Ruve killed uh, Shimon in a in a court of law. I mean, how else are you going to live if you don't have if you don't have witnesses? You don't have a court of law. You don't have what's going on. This is, (coughs) and as we said before, tochacha is certainly legitimate. That she thought it was giving tochacha. She didn't think it was lashon hara, right? She just didn't understand who she was dealing with. Which means that at the end of the day, you're left with sipurah. Like, how can we find some solace for sipurah? But that's a different question. The, what are we supposed to remember? So let's look at the Sfater Met. The Sfater Met is the last thing on page three. Last thing on page three. Sfater Met. The pasuk zachor Asher Asa Hashem elokim lemiri yam b'chuloi d'ashu chazal shehi or who azharah lelashon harab. Azharah is a warning. Right? There's a Torah that says, Don't do something, and another person says, if you do it, you're gonna get a punishment. So the that like warns you not to do it, it's called that's the Azhara. Vanyanu. Oh, great. He's gonna tell us what's what the inyan is, which is what we're looking for. We're looking for the inyan. So listen again to the to like the string, the string of ideas and the, the way he writes. He thinks everybody understands what he's saying. this business of Miriam, we create the world. How do we create the world with Peh? Because we learn Torah She'Be'al Peh. What is Torah She'Be'al Peh? It only exists in our musings. It's not like Torah She'Be'Ch'tav. Torah She'Be'Ch'tav you can put into an ark. You lock the door. It's there. It's always there. Whenever you open the door, it's going to be there. Torah She'Be'al Peh only exists (coughs) if you learn it. If you speak it, if you say it. I mean I know it's a little bit strange of a, a little strange idea because today all the Torah Shval Peh is also printed in a book. But really we know that the distinction between Peh and Toreshval Peh is the Torah has to be written. It can't it's immutable. Immutable. Means it doesn't change. It's always the same. Every time you open up the Torah, it should be the same. But the Torah Pes, Torah Poreshval you understand it one way this year, you understand another way, another year, I mean, it's perfectly legitimate to have new understandings, new explanations, new, that's, that's that's who we are. We are the people of the Peh. That's why we're called Torah That's why we're, we are Peh. And so we know that Miriam in the desert was the one who, through, for whose merit the well who followed B'nai Yisrael around, and you could drink the water in the well and it tastes like anything you wanted, right? Including Diet Coke, of course. Lashon, he says, B'schut a be'er, b'schut So, Yam represents, she caused the be'er. Which represents the water, which in turn represents the Torah Al peh, right? Because Torah al equals water, equals bear, equals Miriam, and he doesn't say it, but we understand that Miriam, after Kriyat Yam Suf, was the one who understood what the women should say. What the, it was all Ba'alpeh. Vikatavha Evan Gidolal Piha Be'er, and you see but remember by Yaqua Avinu, only Yaakova Avinu was able to remove the stone from the Be'er to to uh, exhibit Torah Sheb'al Peh. Nita Heiler Moz Al Khait Lashon Hara. It may be a hint here to Lashon Harashad Kazal Shenikra Gidola. Right, the 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 aver of lashon arises great, K'mo shekatum lashon midaberet gidolot. Well, al yedei shmirat ha'peh, and therefore we know that by what being watchful about what you say, Shmirata ha'peh, yecholim lavo lebchinat beer you can come to the level of Be'er, that means where the Torah al comes rushing out at you. While Miriam. Shemirim, Haitha Bechinatanaal, and since Miriam was like that, Hitzri HaShemira since she knew that she was connected to Torah through the Torah Shaval so she should have been, she should have been Machmer. That's what the Svatah Met says. Yes, or she didn't know exactly. But she should have consulted before she complained about Moshe Rabbeinu. Because sometimes, sometimes you have to have that right intuition. <clears throat> and since the direction is that your peh is used primarily for Torah pear, any other use of the peh has to be clarified and cleared. You can't just talk. You can't just talk. And even if you mean well, even you mean well, right? You you're not you're interested in helping are You're interested in making uh, <coughs> a good life for her. Nevertheless, you have an obligation to watch what you say, and that Miriam and Aaron obviously Miriam did not do. V'katuv, motzas Watch what you speak. Shekfirov k'dushat ha'eve v'amakom because of the way the mouth is likely to to say things that you uh, don't plan on saying, you have to be very careful about it. And therefore, you have to understand that the Torah, which uh, which uh, uh, kind of binds us together, makes us one. And denies lishon haran sinat chinam, right? Idle chatter, and and when you hate your fellow man for no particular reason, zochin lehitgaluta al That's what enables you to uh, reveal Torah al pek. Moshe Keduvan, that suhasha vechulei evan. Right back to Yaakov and Rachel the stone and the well, and, and all of those things. So you see, I think according to the Svata Met, that Miriam was guilty. But she was not guilty of a specific kind of uh, uh, denial of the prohibition of the Shon Hara. What she was guilty of was not being careful, not looking into it further, not trying to understand what was going on, if Moshe Rabbeinu may have had some rationale for doing what he did. Certainly she was right that, that it could have fallen under the heading of hocheyach to of trying to get the other people to do good. But in this case, as HaKodesh Bochum explains to Miriam, she was not circumspect, that she didn't try to understand who Moshe Rabbeinu was and if the problem could not be solved in a simple, would not be solved in a simple and obvious and obvious way, so that's a. Uh, could, could it be
1: that someone who's a prophet shouldn't be dealing with a subject like this, like uh, marital relations, which is really just about? Wait,
0: what do you mean? That, that even though it's was her brother,
1: that, but maybe the subject of marital relations here was something that shouldn't be—that she shouldn't be involved in at all—in giving it to her brother. Is it the matter the subject matter?
0: Maybe I do not I know. I'm just—I I think that the, that the svatamanta gives us a hint into what might be a solution to this uh, problem. But since we don't know, we don't know really. So we're just talking about concepts but I think it might be a way of looking at it there might be another way I I don't uh, happy to listen what would be that hint uh, what what would be that that hint that the Svatimet gave us the Svatimet said that the Peh is something that you have to hold very dear right and therefore uh, because the the Teh is the organ with which you learn the Torah Shabal Peh and so you have to keep it as pure as you possibly can right then so you should be machmer on lashon horu that's what this father, you, even if you suspect that you might be saying something that shouldn't be said even though maybe technically you're okay but you should uh, be concerned about that as well so
1: according to Svante um, what
0: should she have, should she have told totally the cat play or should she have to- So we're we're making that up, right? I would say she (laughs) should have turned. She should have turned to God. I mean, at the end, God turned to her and explained to her that uh, that she did the wrong thing. Yeah, I imagine that. And, And even if you think that's unreasonable, but look at what happened. God turned to her. So if God turned to her to explain who Moshe Rabbeinu was. I don't think it's a leap to say that if she had turned to God, God would have also explained to her what, what Moshe Rabbeinu was. One way or the other. But she didn't do that. But hmm.
1: it, in the Rashi, that we the, 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 the oblique- like read that this is like Sephora talking. That sentence feels very low. It feels like a certain kind of a She. That talk. the queer the, oh, they're gonna now leave their wives. And doesn't sound, it sounds, doesn't sound like the kind of conversation you would expect Miriam to be part of. It's like the, the whole conversation, the whole manner of speech, the whole, it's like too low for, for Miriam, you know, who, who's, who leads the women in the dance. And so that continuation of that, it's still like better, to even be involved in such a conversation would be immediate to effect. That's what, that's how I,
0: no, those two things to so you just spelled Spell me, and I I you don't know. know. What? So when you
1: read it on Moshe. So they're
0: talking to Moshe. Could be. It could be they're talking about Moshe, it could be they're talking to Moshe. Whichever way fits in. I think they were talking to Moshe. I that's why that's why the response that God makes or the response in the Torah is Anav mikol Adam. Which is which is not really part of the conversation, but it gives us a hint as to what the problem was. Okay. Have a good Shabbos.